You are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insight. Welcome to the Asian Skycast. Uh, Jeff Lowe and I are here. We are actually recording this from my wife's restaurant, uh, a restaurant which is in Mongkok, which is the certainly the most congested place in Hong Kong, uh, if not the most crowded square kilometer on the planet. Um, unlike what's happening in the rest of the world, you know, this restaurant never actually closed. Um, but uh, I think we're going to run a picture uh, alongside this podcast. And what you'll see from that picture is that our producer, Maggie, is still wearing a mask. We've got hand sanitizers and wipes on the table. Uh, my phone is on top of a napkin. I never put my phone down on the table like without something underneath it. My mask is wrapped up. My, our producer is laughing at us. But what, what we really, uh, why we're recording this, and, and we know this is a serious situation, we're, we're making a little light of it, is uh, Asian Sky Media has been running a series of articles and podcasts and segments about what life has been like in Hong Kong over the last two months since the first outbreak and trying to let people in um, cities in America and Europe uh, at least kind of see that, you know, there there is some kind of light at the end of the tunnel if countries take the right steps. And what we've been talking about is how the number of cases in Hong Kong froze and had started to decline. Life started to come back. And now all of a sudden in the last few days, uh, we've seen a spike in cases. And the reason for that is possibly twofold. One, a lot of people who left Hong Kong two months ago when the outbreak first started went back to their homes in America and Europe. They now deemed Hong Kong to be safe. And so they've come back and they've brought the coronavirus with them. Uh, and then the other possible reason is that because Hong Kong had felt safe, uh, there's a question of did people let their guard down? And what we are trying to figure out is the lesson here for other cities uh, not only in terms of how do you beat this virus, but how do you then keep it away? And sorry, we're going on a long time here, but Jeff's got, I think, a lot of different thoughts on this. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. And Yeah, I think, as you say, there are two possible categories. But in, in my mind, this really is, uh, it's not a question of us here in Hong Kong that have been in Hong Kong, as you said, for the last two or three months, letting our guard down. I think the the new behavioral patterns that we need to have are well 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 placed with us now as as Max described how he 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 now handles phone and personal hygiene and everything on, on a daily basis uh, that that's still uh, what most of us are doing it's, we haven't stopped doing that so I think really the issue is the the returning residents that are having left two months ago or three months ago. And that, and that may have just been, it was time for them to go back to school, but have now returned. And they haven't been under this environment for the same period of time that we have. And so again, we're back to that issue of introducing behavioral changes. And, you know, they've come from the US or they've come from the UK. And so the environment they find now in Hong Kong is, is quite, uh, I'm not going to say rigid, but we've got in place a lot of uh, uh, checks to make sure that the coronavirus stays in control. And again, some of them are taking a little bit longer than we would like, shall we say, and I'm being polite, uh, to conform to the new norms that we have here in Hong Kong. So uh, I think that's really the case uh, that we're seeing in Hong Kong. And again, as you mentioned, Max, there's, there's, a, there's a lesson or a message back to our friends overseas that 
you know, the virus, uh, you may have a domestic, if you will, uh, problem initially, but then you've got another problem that rears its, its ugly head. And we talk about the first wave and the second wave and the third waves, where the second wave is the returning residents. Um, as more and more countries introduce uh, travel restrictions, uh, borders are remaining only open to permanent residences of that country. Uh, my mother being a case in point, you know, she was down in Mexico and she's now returned to Toronto, but she was only able to do that because she's a resident of Canada. But at the same time, you've got to be mindful of those returnees now coming back into the population and having to, if you will, educate them quickly on all the checks and balances that we have in place and getting them to practice them as well. And some, uh, some people are good at if you will, taking on those those new behavioral changes and, and, and some, some aren't. And we're certainly dealing with that here in Hong Kong. And again, when we say we've seen a spike in, in cases, uh, you know, we're not, we're not into triple digits here. Generally, it's, uh, you know, 40, 50 cases, that type of thing. Again, as Max has often says, uh, we're not trying to make light of it. Any case is, is a bad case, if you want to call it, and needs to be treated seriously. But uh, I wouldn't say it was necessarily us putting our guard down. We've got these returnees and we need to uh, get them into the system as quickly as possible. And again, I think the government uh, has taken the steps necessarily to, to track them as well. I mean, my understanding, Max, is when you arrive now, you get a bracelet or there's a track put on your mobile phone. Uh, so they are trying to monitor and where need be step in and control people on where they're going and where they aren't going. But I think, and, and I don't think you can do that in America, right? It's, um, you can do things well, here. That it, you, it's you, an issue that you and I wanted to talk further about where, how, how far can you go yeah. and where it becomes, uh, you're infringing what, on what, people's privacy what we're and, talking and about, civil rights, yeah, if you want to. What, what we're talking about now is when you, if you fly to Hong Kong today, they give you a bracelet when you come in. And they put an app on your phone and they basically monitor to make sure that you're not moving around. And if you are seen as moving around now, you know, you've now broken the quarantine rules. But I, um, I wouldn't classify Hong Kong putting its guard down as some guy cutting off his brain. No, no, no. And I that's mean, the but second. That, but that's kind of how it's being reported in the press. And right. I would say, OK, guys, I mean. But I think what it does. There are responsible people and irresponsible but people, what unfortunately. I, right. But what I do think it comes down to, and we really haven't talked about this part of it that much, is that. There is a certain amount of responsibility on everyone to actually follow those rules. And, and you've talked about it many times, as your, your wife has often remarked to you, it's your responsibility not to infect somebody else. Yeah. And that that mindset has been ingrained in Hong Kong for so long because of SARS and the other million other things that we've talked about. It isn't maybe as ingrained as it is in the West. Um, and to really, really beat the virus, like people just... People have to take it seriously. And yeah. um, well, you talked about your wife's restaurant here. I went to one of our local uh, regular uh, breakfast places on the weekend, and it was it was very interesting again to see the changes that they've introduced at their restaurant to make it, it conform with the new realities of today. You know, one of course, everyone who works there is wearing a mask. Uh, two, everyone who works there now has attached to their belt a sanitizing bottle of some sort of liquid. So again, everyone that comes in or whenever you want it, you can ask, give me a squirt and you can sanitize your hands. Uh, the place was the cleanest I had ever seen it. I mean, I joked with the waiter and said, you know, I've never seen your tables shine as much as they did. And he said, yeah, of course, we're, we're cleaning them all the time now. 
but the other interesting thing is, and again, a lot of times in restaurants in Hong Kong, you're, you may sit at a table, but you're sitting at a table with other people and they're just across from you. They had installed now on all the tables, a plexiglass screen, quite high, maybe uh, two, three feet high, so that you could sit across from somebody, but you were still segregated. There was now a plexiglass screen on every table so that people couldn't feel comfortable sitting down, having their lunch and not having someone sneeze, if you will, or cough. Right. You know, everyone's wearing a mask, but this was an additional provision that they had. Right. And again, doing everything they possibly can to make sure people feel comfortable. But as you said, Max, those are the steps people are making and putting in place here to make sure that wherever possible, we stem the tide. The tide yeah. of the coronavirus. I, I keep I keep going back to the theme of just what happened with 9-11. And, you know, first of all, I realize that right now in America and Europe, you cannot get a mask and you cannot get hand sanitizer, but that is going to change. There was a time when that was the case in Hong Kong, and now you can buy hand sanitizer on every corner. So I can tell you, and I can tell you as somebody who's here, there are factories in China pumping out millions of masks a day. Uh, there are companies pumping out millions of bottles of hand sanitizer. So for those in the U.S. who are worried about it, you will be able to get access to this this stuff. But I think the second part of it is, you know, going back again to 9-11 with the change in security, there's two things that have to take place. One is a hygiene change, which is what you've been talking about. And then there is this question of how much um, how much personal uh I know, privacy, are we willing to give up for security? And just like in the age of terrorism, we had to be willing to give up a certain amount of privacy to help the government fight back against terrorists. There is this question of how much personal uh, privacy are you willing to give up in order to fight the virus? Are you willing for it to be known that you have it? Um, you know, if the government, if somebody, if an authority knows you have the virus, should they track you? Should they be able to tell other people not to come in contact with you? Should they enforce your staying in self-quarantine? Um, you know, part of the reason why, and and I don't really want to get too far down this path, part of the reason why mainland China, which is a country of one and a half billion people, was able to contain this and get rid of it so quickly is that they were able to take actions that you cannot take in an open society in the West. And so, you know, it comes back to this, if we don't want the government to enforce where we are and what we do, then it's on all of us to actually, you know, follow these, follow these rules. So how are we doing on time, Maggie? You can, you can speak. <laughs> Jeff, that's, that's, that's Jeff, hopefully not coughing on all of us. <laughs> we're all chilling. Yeah, yeah, we're all, we're all diving out of the way. He was telling me to cut, but it's too funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, we're not making light of this. Uh, it is very serious. Um, that won't make it. We're going we're gonna to cut that out. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we'll be right back. Okay, we're, uh, we're back. Uh, Jeff, any parting thoughts? Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, Max. Uh, again, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of questions on how far we can go to ask people to divulge uh, information about themselves or their medical history. Two examples, again, on the weekend, uh, went to uh, a pizza restaurant. And again, nobody was in the restaurant itself. Uh, it was in darkness. You could only take away. And I think that was just a reflection of the reality and that nobody wanted to go to the restaurant, but everyone was taking away. But on entry, your temperature is taken and you have to know, let them know your name, phone number, email address, what time you arrived, 
And again, so that people, if there's any incident or any any reason to get in touch with you, they can find that out. And again, we belong to a, a club across the road. And again, in order to get into the club, temperature. And now you have to fill out a little medical questionnaire. Uh, you know, when's the last time you traveled? Have you been to any of these countries? Uh, have you, have, do you have a fever? Uh, and it's, again, just becoming the norm that uh, people are going to want to know where you are, where you've been, and are going to want to track you and make sure they can get, get in touch with you if they need to. So how far can that go before uh, people start saying, whoa, whoa, whoa that's, that's too much information? Yeah, no, no, it's a good point. Um, okay, I think we're going to do this um, probably at least once a week. So, um, you know. It's turning out that way, yes. <laughs> you know, but look, the, you know, Hong Kong, it's uh, basically we're two months ahead of, of where the U.S. and Europe are now. So hopefully, you know, what we're doing is, is giving everyone a look at, you know, what, what, what is possible if everyone works together and if everyone works really hard uh, to beat this virus. Uh, and for everything else, please go to the website, Asian Sky Media. Please follow us on LinkedIn at Asian Sky Group. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And just look, uh, again, we're not trying to make light of anything. We know how difficult it is. this is for a lot of people. And um, we're wishing everyone the best. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website, Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show.